Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. And now, if you're like me, you don't like silence. I'm not a silence kind of person. Like, I like noise, um, but I guess I'm finding out as I have kids, uh, it, it gets to the point where, like, I'm so tired of noise. But sometimes we find that when we're going through something or dealing with something, and we see this in Psalms 42, uh, and, and, and we're facing a trial or, or, or difficulty in our life, sometimes we just find that God is silent. Um, and we're going to talk about what we do when God is silent matters. When we, when we are seeking God and needing God and when God is silent, what we do during that time matters. So we're going to dive right into Psalms 42 today. And the NIV, I got the NIV version <clears throat> for us today. It says this. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, as you can hear from uh, now you put two, two together with the song, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. I, don't, I cannot imagine that. I like to eat, so I cannot imagine my, my tears being my food day and night. Um, I've eaten probably two breakfasts this morning, so uh, I can't imagine my tears being uh, my food for day and night. But my tears have been my food day and night while people say to me, all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go into to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember from the land of the Jordan, uh, the heights of the Hermon and the Mount of the Miz, uh, Mount Mizar, uh, deep calls to deep in the roar of, the, of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By the day, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer for the God of my life. I say to, the rock, to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about my mourning and oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal, mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is my God? And he repeats uh, what, he, what he said in verse 5 and verse 11. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God, uh, before we dive into the message and get deeper into this, let's go to God in prayer uh, to just uh, speak to us this morning. So God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you, uh, God, that you are with us. You are always there for us, God, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trial. God, God, I pray, God, that we open our ears to hear you this morning. God, that we hear your word. God, we open, we pray that we open our minds, God, to understand what you have for us. God, that you open our hearts to receive your word this message, this morning, God, that, that we not leave here the same, God, that we leave here encouraged, we leave here strengthened in faith. God, we leave here challenged and changed. God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you and give you all the glory. Amen. So as we read, in Psalms 42, 
It expresses this writer's yearning for God. It expresses uh, this writer's desperation to meet with God and desperation uh, to be in God's presence. I love this psalm uh, and, and a lot of songs because it is so uh, I guess the word would be poetic. Now, if you know me, I'm not really a poetic kind of person. If you ask my wife, I, I don't just, you know, just say poetic things all the time. It's probably not, not, not anything close to poetic. Uh, but uh, I love this psalm and a lot of psalms, but specifically this psalm because it is so poetic in, in, in how the writer wrote it. Um, and, and we see how much this psalmist wanted to be with God, and he wanted to be in God's presence, and he longed to be with God, and he, and he longed for God to deliver him. So we see how desperate uh, the psalmist was to be with God and long for God. In verse 1 through 5, we see the psalmist longing for God. In the first stanza, the writer suffered at the hands of his tormenting enemies. He longed for God, whom uh, he confidently expected to be able to praise in the future uh, when the Lord would deliver him. In, the, in, in verse 1 and 2, uh, we see, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Now, we see this, and, uh, and it's not talking about pants like pants you have on your legs right now, but it's talking about when it, when it says pants for you. It says, as a deer pants for water. Pants is meaning an overwhelmingly longing for water. So this, this deer, as a deer overwhelmingly longs for water, he's saying, my soul longs for you. As uh, you see a lot of times when the dog comes in, if anybody has a dog, I don't have a dog, uh, praise the Lord right now. In the future, my wife uh, is going to want a dog. She wants a dog right now, but she, you know, she just hasn't brought it up yet. Uh, we're getting through kids first. But uh, if you see, if you have a dog and you, it's been running outside um, uh, and it's been running around or you took it on a walk or you took it on a run, it comes in, it's out of breath and it's panting. That's the same, uh, this is what it's talking about. It's saying his soul is panting for God as water uh, from, uh, from a brook sustains a deer physically, so God has sustains people spiritually. The psalmist was thirsty for God. He could not obtain the refreshment he needed, but he looked forward to finding it soon. And then we see in verse three and four, rather than drinking from God uh, and drinking from uh, the water of God. He had to drink from the water of his own tears. God was not providing for his needs just then. God was not answering his prayers just then. The writer remembered, though, with great delight the times when he found spiritual uh, refreshment at the sanctuary in Jerusalem, but he was not able to return at this time. So he's longing to be back in the sanctuary. He's longing to encounter God. He's longing for God to deliver him, but he's not able to, to, to hear God yet, and he's not hearing from God or seeing God move, and he's not able to go back to the the sanctuary yet. So he finds himself in this place. But then in verse five, the psalmist encouraged himself uh, rhetorically by reminding himself that he would again 
praise God. He needed to continue to put his hope and put his faith in God until he met with God, again, until God delivered. So we see that in verse one through five. And then in verse six through 11, uh, we see the psalmist passionately uh, express sorrow because of his enemies. We see the psalmist was, was expressing his sorrow because he was being tormented by his enemies. In this stanza, the writer, writer focused on the enemies rather than God. However, he came back to the same expression of confidence, which he ended the first stanza with. We see in verse seven, the writer viewed his troubles like waves <clears throat> cascading down on him as if he were standing under a waterfall. Uh, he, he, he compared the noise of the waves to his troubles that he personified as calling to one another to come and overwhelm him. And then verse eight, nevertheless, he believed God would remain loyal to him. In the daytime, the Lord would pour out his love on the psalmist. And in the nighttime, uh, he would re- respond by praising God. In verse 9 and 10, in his prayer, he would ask God the reason for his continued suffering and his continued physical and emotional distress. The, uh, the, the enemies repeated their taunts to him, where is your God? And, and, and taunting the psalmist over and over, and, and he hoped that God would deliver him. And then in verse 11, he finished the same way he, he finished verse five, the first stanza with, uh, with encouraging himself by reminding himself that he would once again praise God. Uh, and he needed to kin- continue to put his hope in God and his faith in God. So over and over, I know that was a lot, but over and over in this psalm, we see this writer passionately and desperately long for God and to be in his presence, for God to deliver him from the tormenting of his enemies. But, but I think the key thing that we learn in Psalms 42 is sometimes God is silent. Sometimes God is silent. Like I said, I don't like silence. Silence kind of, does anybody else kind of get weirded out when it gets quiet? If you're a parent in the room, you know if it's silent in the house, there's something going on. Like when, when my almost two-year-old Isabella, like if you don't hear her voice, you're like literally me and my wife, probably like it maybe 15 seconds is like, What's Isabella doing? What is she doing in this house? Like, there's no telling where she at, what she's into. And, and I don't like silence when it, you know, in, in a lot of areas of my life. Just ask my wife. I talk, I play music I, all the time, like constantly. I'm doing something, I'm listening to something constantly in my life. But we see in Psalms 42 that sometimes God is silent. There are times that God's not always saying anything specific to us. There's times when we need God and we need him to move in a particular situation or we need uh, him and we need uh, when we uh, and when we go to him, uh, we don't hear from him. We don't see him move in situations and in circumstances, even when we cry out to him. And I think for a lot of us, if we can be honest, that's not easy to understand uh, and accept. That's not easy for us to understand. When I'm going through something and I'm crying out to God, 
Like, I, I want God to answer me. When, when I scream out for my wife or I call a friend and they don't answer, sometimes that hurts, especially if I'm going through something. Like, if, 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 I'm, if I'm going through something and I call out to a friend and they don't answer and they just ignore me, sometimes that's hurt. that hurts. And the psalmist is crying out to God over and over again, but it never says anything about God answering him and delivering him right away. And if you're like me, that's not easy to accept. But what we do when God is silent matters. What we do during those times matters. What we do when we're longing for God and we need God to deliver us and we need God to heal. Uh, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child. Uh, maybe uh, we're going through something in our, our family or relationship. We're going through something uh, emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically, whatever it may be. And we're going through something and we're crying out to God and crying out to God and, and asking God and we need God and we're desperate and we're longing and just like the psalmist was and and we see uh, that God and, and God just doesn't say anything or God you know doesn't speak anything to us or God doesn't move like when we want him to move and right away what we do when God is silent matters what we do during that time matters and the psalmist is panting for God he's he's he has this I just, I can't, I just think it's like a physical, like you've been there before where you're overwhelming, like your whole body, your whole insides feel this emotion of longing. He's panting for God to do something. He's panting to be back in the sanctuary. He's panting to see God to move. But the psalmist, uh, what the psalmist did when God was, was silent, spoke volumes of his faith and spoke volumes to us and how our faith needs to be. And in Psalms 42, we learn, uh, we learn three lessons from the psalmist of how to react when we're facing trouble and God is silent. So the first one, the first lesson that we learn uh, is that we need to remember God's promises. Now, my mind immediately goes to Lion King, where the, I don't even, I can't, my wife would know, the the monkey or whatever is like, remember. Uh, And my mind immediately, you know, goes to Lion King. Maybe that's just the immaturity in me. But uh, maybe I've watched too much Lion King recently. But it immediately goes to like, remember. And it's like, I don't know, it's probably not even saying it right. Uh, But my mind immediately goes to that. But that's the first thing, one of the first things that we need to do is remember. Remember, remember what God has done in our life. Remember his promises. Remember all that he promised to do for us and and, and he promised uh, in us and uh, how he has plans for us to remember. We see in verse four and six uh, where where the psalmist remember, it says in verse four, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go into the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise. And then we see in verse six, my soul is downcast within me. Some people's soul in this room is downcast, just like the psalmist. Therefore, I will remember from the land of the Jordan, the heights of the Hermon. Remember, we see twice that the psalmist remember what God had done in his life and how he has been there, been with him before. And sometimes 
We just need to remember what God has done in our life. We need to remember uh, his promises and we need to believe that if he has worked and he has done a work and he has came through uh, for us in the past that he will do it again. We have to remember his promises. We have to remember uh, his scriptures. We have to remember uh, his promises that he has given us, that he has a hope in a future, that he has a, a plan for our lives, that he's with us, that he never leaves us, that he never forsakes us. We have to remember. And you know, uh, if you're like me, which is human, a lot of times we're so, uh, there's a scripture that says, uh, quick, uh, uh, slow to speak and quick uh, to listen. Everybody know that one? Everybody look at their spouse and like, yeah, slow to speak, quick to, quick to listen. But uh, I think another way that you can, you can, uh, you can tw- just kind of twist, I put my Aaron version on it. it, it for, this, for this purpose, uh, it's, it's slow to forget and quick to remember. Sometimes we need to be slow to forget and quick to remember sometimes we 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 have God move in our life and three days later like uh we forget what God has done we're going through something else and we you know we get downcast and we get anxious and we get depressed and we get wor- uh, worry creeps up and it overwhelms us and we get overwhelmed and, and we forget that three days later that God did a miracle or a month prior like God brought me through something that I didn't know how I was gonna, if I was going to get through it we need to remember instead of being e- slow to forget we need to be quick to remember in Psalm 77, 11 through 12, it says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of a long, of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. I will remember. I love that verse because it says, I will meditate on all your works. That's how you don't forget is to daily remember what God has done in your life. That's how, uh, you know, uh, you don't forget what God has done and remind yourself over and over. So in the future, uh, when you're going through something, you can have that reminder that, man, God brought me through this. He's gonna bring me through this. We need to remember what God has done in our life and his promises when we're going through something and facing something and, and we don't hear from God and we don't see God moving. Remember that if he's done it before for you or for someone else, that he will do it again. So we need to remember his promises. We need to remember what he's done for us. We need to remember. Uh, The second lesson uh, we learned from Psalms 42 is that we need to, you need to encourage yourself. We need to encourage ourselves. We need to encourage ourselves in the word. We need to encourage ourselves when we're, when we're going through those difficult times and we don't hear from God uh, and we don't have anybody else to turn to. We need to encourage ourselves first and foremost. It, we see that in verse 5 and 11. It's the same verse. Uh, it's, just, it's the same sentence. It says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So he, this, this psalmist is saying why, uh, it's basically saying my soul is downcast. I, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm worried, uh, I'm facing trouble. But this psalmist encourages himself. This psalmist encourages himself. Sometimes in times of trouble and sometimes in times uh, of, of difficulty, we need to just encourage 
ourselves. Instead of getting down and anxious and depressed, we need to encourage ourselves. You need to encourage yourself uh, by, by, by God's word. You need to encourage yourself through worship. You need to encourage yourself uh, through, through uh, community. You need to encourage yourself by prayer. You need to encourage yourself uh, by, by just getting up and active and out of the house. However, uh, to lift your spirits, you need to encourage yourselves in those times. Sometimes you just have to encourage yourself by, by speaking life over your situation. Sometimes you need to encourage yourself by remembering his promises. Sometimes you need to encourage yourself uh, just because you have nobody else to in your life. You need to look at your situation and your circumstances and speak life over it. Sometimes we just find ourselves in a situation that we need to encourage ourselves. Over and over in my life, I've found I can be surrounded by so many people, but can feel so alone sometimes. I know I'm not the only person in this room that feels this way, that I can be surrounded by hundreds of people, but be so alone sometimes. And sometimes you just have to mentally and, and, and outright encourage yourself and speak life over yourself. Sometimes you need to speak scripture and God's promises that you're more than a conqueror through, uh, through Christ Jesus. That, that, that uh, just as I talked about earlier, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. We have to, to speak life. We have to uh, speak the promises that he's with us. He never forsakes us. We have to encourage ourselves and not let us get down and depressed and downcast and disturbed in, in, in this funk. Sometimes a lot of us, we, we internalize things and we hold it all in and we start feeling anxious and we start feeling depressed and we start feeling worried and then we start uh, getting away from community and we stop uh, going out and, and doing active things. We stop uh, coming to church. We stop reading God's word. We stop worshiping. We stop uh, getting in prayer and getting in God's presence because, because of it. And instead of turning to that, what would happen if we just spoke life over our situations? When, when God is silent, we don't see God moving if we just encourage ourselves that I'm more than a conqueror, that I am an overcomer. Sometimes you just have to encourage yourself. That's one of the hardest things uh, I think I've had to learn to do is encourage myself because there's trouble, there's difficulty that we all face and we can either get downcast and we can either internalize it and keep it ourselves or we can encourage ourselves when we find that we're, that we're getting to this point of downcast and depressed and anxious and worried. We need to encourage yourself. You need to encourage yourself. So the third lesson that we learn from Psalms 42 in the last lesson. I'm sure there's multiple other lessons that we learn, but the last lesson uh, that I'm gonna speak about this morning, the third lesson, is that we have to keep the faith. So we have to remember God's promises. We have to encourage ourselves, but then we also have to keep faith in God. We, uh, as we just saw in verse five and 11, the psalmist kept his faith in God, even though he was going through a difficult time. He kept his faith. Uh, we see in verse 5 and 11, it, it talks about why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? And, 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 it, and it shows his faith, but put your hope, I put my hope in God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, in my God. The psalmist put his faith in God, 
even though he did not see God moving in that moment, even though he was being tormented by his enemies, even though he was going through difficulty and he didn't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess you could say. He, he didn't see when, when his trouble would change. He kept his faith. And we have to keep the faith in God that he will come through for us, even if he is silent for a time and we do not see him moving. We have to have, uh, if you have a kid in this room that's in uh, the kids ministry, we learned this last week. We have to have this even if faith that we see in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3, uh, 16 through 18, where it says this, this even if faith. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But I love this. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We have to have that kind of faith. In times of trouble, in times of difficulty, difficulty, we have to have that, that kind of faith that says, even if we don't see God deliver us. Even if God doesn't answer our prayer, even if uh, we, uh, the situation doesn't turn out the way that I want it to, even if uh, my, my mom or my dad does not get healed, even if uh, the situation doesn't turn the way I want it to, even if I put my hope and I put my faith and I put my trust and I put my confidence in you, God, we have to have that kind of faith. We have to have the faith of the psalmist that says, even if God doesn't deliver me, I will worship you. We have to have the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the face of trouble, in the face of death to say, even if we have to have that kind of faith. We have to have the faith that says, even if I don't hear God, even if God does not deliver me, even if I don't see it change in the way that I need it to, I will still keep my confidence. I will still put my faith and my hope in you, God. I will worship no other gods. I will, I will, I will, I will not let my life turn away from you. I will keep worshiping you. I will keep praying to you. I will keep seeking you. I will press on like, like, like Paul says in, in, in Philippians. I will press on towards the goal, which is heavenward. Even if you don't deliver me, even if uh, something bad happens, even if I lose my job, or even if people are coming against me and, 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 and mocking me and tormenting me, even if something bad happens in my life, I will worship you. I will put my faith and my trust in you. We have to have that kind of faith. We have to have the faith that says, even if my spouse doesn't come to, to Jesus, even if my kids turn away, I will worship you. Even in the difficult, most difficult circumstance, even in the smallest circumstance, I will put my hope and put my faith in you and you, God. So this morning, as we close, we see in Psalms 42 that sometimes that God is silent. And there's, there are times that God's not always saying anything specific to us or when we need God, we see him moving 
in a particular way that we need him to move. We don't, we don't see uh, how uh, he's working, but we have to, to remember his promises. We have to remember his promises. We have to encourage ourselves, and we have to keep the faith. And today and this morning, if you're in this room and you would say, you know what, I'm going through something, which we all go through things. We all face trials and we all face difficulty. Uh, and, and I don't see God move, which is some, sometimes the hardest situations to be in. I don't, I don't hear God speaking and I am downcast, just like the psalmist. I am anxious. I am depressed. I am worried. I am overwhelmingly stressed out and I need God. I want to encourage you today to remind yourself of God promises, to encourage yourself and to keep faith, to keep pressing forward. I want to leave you with this scripture and I don't think it'll be on the screen. And it's found in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. It says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you this morning. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. And I love this, standing firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And what I hear from that is you're not alone in your suffering. You're not alone in your difficulty. You're not alone in your trouble. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, that's hard to hear. After you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever if you're in this room this morning you would just say i'm going through something and i don't see god moving i'm facing something my family's facing something and i don't see how we're going to make it my marriage it's going through a difficulty and I don't know how we're going to make it. My, my parents are sick or my kids are sick and, and I don't know how they're going to get through this and I don't know how we're going to get through this in, in, in our lives and, and I'm depressed and I'm downcast and I'm anxious and I need God to just restore my faith. And I need God to remind me of his promises. I need encouragement. I need faith and I need hope and I need confidence. If that is you this morning, would you just slip up your hand? Amen. We all face things and we all go through things, but God is an incredible God who loves and cares for you. So let's just go to God in prayers because God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that in times of difficulty, in times of trouble, that even though we may face trial and difficulty and we don't hear you speak and we don't see you move, God, that you love us and care for us. God, that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. God, and I lift up each person in this room, God, whether how big or small their difficulty or circumstance may be, God, I pray, God, that they remember your promise. God, that they remember your word. God, that they encourage themselves, God, through, through the word of God, through prayer, through worship, through community, God. God, that they uh, keep faith and trust and confidence in you, God, and you will restore 
us. Let's hold on to the promise of that. God, we thank you and praise you and give you glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.